This one is true. Every word of it. There's no fiction in this one. Angel in my kitchen. All my life, I've been lucky enough to have paid attention to small things. Moods, memories, feelings. I've been trained and worked as a scientist and an engineer, but unexplainable whisperings I also pay attention to. The first part of my story happened about 30 years ago here in Missoula. I had a wife and a baby boy then, and we lived in a tiny rented house on Cheris Lane in the Rattlesnake. I would ride my bicycle back and forth from St. Pat's, the hospital where I was working as a computer programmer. Sometimes I would stay and I'd work way past midnight. On those nights, I would often stop at the 24-hour Four Bees restaurant that was on East Broadway. It's not there anymore. It was closed right after what happened. And I was there the last night it was open. When I write software, I often forget to eat and I only stop working when I get really hungry. Back then, 30 years ago, if I came home hungry after midnight, I would make too much noise, rooting about in the fridge, eating chips, moving dishes, and that could wake everybody. So I would stop at the Forbes, which was usually quiet and peaceful. I'd sit at the counter, order, eat, and then ride my bicycle home. So I'm coming home one night at 2 a.m., and I stop, and I lock my bike up at the rack at the Forbes, and I go inside. There are several people sitting in booths. I sat down at the counter in the seat nearest to the door. Then, the one other person sitting at the counter, who's way down at the other end of the restaurant, he turned and he stared at me. I looked at the wall and I wait for the waitress so I could order, but there's this guy at the other end of the counter. And I look down there again, and he's still staring at me. Our eyes meet. I thought he was going to get up then and come over and talk, but I didn't want to talk to anyone. I just wanted to eat, unwind, and then go home. And this is the weird part, and I remember it perfectly. We are looking at each other from our ends of the counter, and I shivered. I, I shivered, and I... I never shiver. I, I don't shiver. But it was like a whisper right behind you when you think you are alone in a dark house. I looked away from him. I looked towards the whisper, but there was no one behind me, just, just the door. And then, without looking back at him, I, I just get up and I leave. I unlock my bicycle. I pedaled home where I found something to eat that did not involve much noise. And the next morning, I wake up to coffee and the radio playing, and my little boy and my wife, and it was a, a perfect, wonderful morning. Then, on the radio, there's this big story. The night before, sometime just after I had left the Forbes, a man, and it 
did, it turned out to be the man who had been staring at me. He had pulled out a gun and he started shooting. This happened right down the road. Some ran out. A cook hid behind a sink and he called police from a landline. But the guy killed one person and badly wounded another before the police came. And then he went outside and he kept shooting. And they killed him. And no one ever figured out why he did what he did. And the four bees there never reopened. And I stopped working so late at night. And my life kept on going. The next part of my story happened about 10 years later, also here in Missoula. I was living in a house on Lolo Street with my two kids, and all of us were sleeping when one night, after midnight, I hear somebody rooting about in the fridge. I wondered which one of my kids was awake. So I get up in my underwear and I walk into the kitchen and I freak out a bit because there's this really large man. And I'm six foot two, and he was a lot bigger than me. And he's got the fridge door open and is standing there looking inside. My first impulse was to run back into the bedroom and call 911. But I remember a sweet, simple story, or maybe it was a joke, that someone who was once a friend of mine used to repeat. He would tell me about how one late night in the Oxford Cafe, a really big, very drunk man, sat down, and when the cook asks the man what he wants, the man answers, eggs. And when the cook asks him, how do you like your eggs? The big guy gets a big smile, and he looks wistful and happy, and he says, oh, I like my eggs a lot. So I looked at this guy standing in front of my open fridge, and he seems really drunk, too. And that makes me think of my friend's story, which always makes me smile. And smiling is something that takes the edge off of a freakout. So, instead of rushing to dial 911, I say, Hello! And then I ask, uh, what's going on? And the stranger in my kitchen, he turns to me and he says, Oh, I'm looking for something to eat. And he smiles. And I smile back at him and I say, Hey, but this this isn't your house. I also say, even though my kids are in their other rooms, I don't know, I I just thought of saying it. I ask him, You want some eggs or something? He looks at me for a moment, and then he looks around, and he very slowly closes the fridge. And then he says with his voice that is both powerful and gentle, Oh, I'm sorry. I thought this was someplace else. And he walks out. He leaves. And I start to go back into bed, but all of a sudden, I hear this voice whispering to me. Whispering. Another whisperer. The whisper says, Hey, you might want to keep your doors locked at night. I never saw him again. But a few months after his visit, 
It was winter, and one night, when I was alone, the kids at their mom's, about two in the morning, there is a pounding on the door and someone yelling really loud, Police! Police! Come to the door! Over and over. Police! Come to the door! I wake up, I get up, and I'm more than a little freaked. My door has a small glass window, and I see a cop there shining his flashlight at me, and he yells at me, almost screaming, Open the door! It makes no sense, so I yell back, Why? He yells at me, Do you live here? Are you alone? And again, he tells me to open the door. Well, I've been taught by watching TV shows and reading the newspaper how it is never a good idea to invite police inside unless you know first what they want. So I ask again, why? I'm wide awake now. I'm in my underwear, in the hallway, a flashlight from a cop on me at two in the morning but I won't open the door. But then there's another cop there, and he says something I can't hear, which seems to calm the first one down. Now, the first cop is abruptly polite, and he yells a bit softer. Sir, we thought somebody was in there with you. There's been a wreck. I look out the door window more closely, and I see flashing cruiser lights, And I also see a pickup on side, a pickup truck, in the snow, next to my house, with a telephone pole lying on top of it. That's weird. I open the door then, and the police tell me they're chasing a stolen truck, and that it had been ahead of them when it turned onto my street, where it abruptly creamed off the road and hit the pole. When the police pulled up next to the wreck, they found bloody tracks leading from the wreck right up to my door. They showed me the blood on the door handle of my house. So the first cop had assumed that the person they were chasing had gotten into my house, and that's why he was demanding to be let in, thinking, logically, that whomever was inside might be held hostage or worse. Then the second cop found tracks in the snow where the person had run after finding my door locked. And those tracks went through my backyard, over a fence, and away. So, someone in a stolen pickup truck was chased by the police, careened off the road, hit a telephone pole, gotten hurt, tried with a bloody hand to get into my house, and had been turned away by the locked door. Before my late-night kitchen visitor who liked eggs, I normally left all my doors unlocked. They never found nor figured out who the person who stole the truck was, and that wrecked truck lay there in the snow in front of my yard for a few days before a wrecker came and took it away. I kept looking at that truck and thinking of how there might be angels who sometimes whisper 
and sometimes remind, or sometimes just look for breakfast. So how do you like your eggs? Oh, I like my eggs a lot. You've just listened to a Montana Voice podcast, Angel in My Kitchen. Story and music by me, Steve Saroff. Thanks for listening. Now there's an update to this story. I recently received email from somebody with a link to an archived newspaper article about the murder, which I narrowly avoided being part of, and it happened in 1990. The article confirms what I remember, but for some reason I remembered that I had a little boy then, remembering about being with him and his mother in the mornings. But from the date of the shooting, which the article confirmed for me, my first child wasn't born yet. He would be born about nine months later, There's a link on the MontanaVoice.com website about the Four Bs murder.